This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Brower. This month, we are doing something a little bit different. So March is Women's History Month. I have Trisha here with me today. You can say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. (laughs) And we're doing something a little bit different. We are recording at Trisha's house. So that first of all, that's a little bit different. Second of all, Trisha and I are going to be recording a couple of episodes together this month. Um, We just wanted to do a little bit something different for women's history month and then we also just realized that we had some we had some things to get done housekeeping if you will i don't know we had a lot of things that we needed to check off our list and so we're getting them all done in march uh the first thing is that today you probably noticed by the title but we're meeting me (laughs) um next week we are doing an episode on the history of childbirth in america which is gonna be so cool Um, so obviously we're doing that for women's history month and then the following weeks, I don't want to give anything away, but we're doing some cool stuff this month. Stick around, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram if you want to know all about it. Um, so we're doing a little bit of a swapped roles here today. Trisha is going to interview me (laughs) and I will guess turn the time over to you. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I am in the driver's seat now, yes, Morgan. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you are. I love it. Okay. Well, I just felt like it was high time that we meet Morgan <laughs> because Morgan's been our host for the last few months and we love everything that she's talking about and saying. And I just thought, Morgan, it's time for our listeners to learn about you and why you're here and what makes you so passionate about sharing this message with the world. So, okay. Time for me to not be so ambiguous. Exactly. (laughs) Great. She's just some random person I I chose to talk about birth stuff with. Well, I guess you'll find out why now. (laughs) Yeah, let's find out. So tell us, Morgan. Oof. I feel like I have got... I feel like my history is like long. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes I have a hard time telling a a shorter story. I'm going to really try to wrap things up. Okay. Anyways, okay, so my story, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it just starts when I'm quite younger than I think most people would think. So I guess I'll jump in. (laughs) We'll get going. You would actually be surprised how many women I talk to because of the trainings and everything Mm -hmm. that I do. I really like to know their story. Yeah. And so many of them tell me about when they're a teenager and they're really watching like the birth story on TV. Okay. That's when it started for them. So Yeah. I want to hear it. Okay, deal. Yeah. I'll set the stage then. I'm about 19 years old, maybe 20. Um, I'm at a high school football game, obviously visiting. I'm not in high school. I'm at a high school football (laughs) game with my mom. And we run into this lady. Uh, She's more of my age. So I don't know if I, back then she was my age. So I don't know if lady (laughs) is quite the right thing to say. We run into this uh, girl, (laughs) this uh mother she had just had her first baby and actually at the time I had a lot of friends that were having babies Mm. obviously I was nowhere near ready myself but a couple of my best friends had had some babies and then this woman that we're talking to outside the bathroom and 
she had a very similar story to all of my friends that I had heard. And it was classic. It was, Mm -hmm. she went and she got induced and she, you know, there was complications. She ended up in an emergency C-section. And this story was the same story that I'd heard from a few, at least three other friends of mine at the time. And I was under the impression that induction is part of getting your baby here. Mm. It is what you do. Mm-hmm. It's part of labor. You go get induced. Mm-hmm. So we hear this woman's story and I, then we leave and I'm walking with my mom and I, and I say to her, this is like a core memory of mine. And yeah. I say to her, why do we keep doing induction if it seems like it's going wrong a lot? And I could me thinking that it's just absolutely a necessary part of labor right. or whatever. And she rocked my world when she told me, well, that's not, you don't have to get induced. And I literally, my brain oozed out of my ears. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say literally, but I was so stunned that, mm. that we are, that it was part of it, but that it didn't have to be. And that due to it or from what it seemed like in my perspective due to induction a lot of my friends were having some pretty bad times some traumatic births and even if it wasn't traumatic a c-section which in the end isn't ideal it's fine it's great your baby's here and healthy but it's not ideal because there are risks and there are complications and if you want to have more kids then there are risks and complications Mm -hmm. and so I just that was the beginning of me going what in the world is going Mm. on with birth And I think we've said before, I'm related to Trisha. So (laughs) it wasn't um, much longer after that, that I started cluing into some things that you were saying and posting about and learning that, oh, okay, so some people do things differently. Right. And then it got put on the back burner because I was, what, 19? I was 20. It didn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on having any kids of my own, at least not anytime soon. And so it didn't matter. But then over the next few years, I start learning a little bit more here and there and feeling like, uh, okay, just getting a little bit of a better idea. I thought birth is really cool. Mm -hmm. The coolest. I still (laughs) didn't think that I wanted to have any kids, but I thought it was the coolest. And then we'll fast forward to... Oh, I was probably 23 or 24. So a few years later when I really started going, ooh, maybe I want to be like a labor and delivery nurse or maybe I want to do something that's going to get me a little bit more involved with this thing that I can tell is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I just, I still didn't know what that would mean. I was an S- I am an esthetician, so I was working in that capacity and just like didn't really want to do a big major life change, but yeah. thought, oh, in a different life, right? right? Like I would totally be involved in birth. Then let's fast forward another two-ish years. I'm 20, 25-ish and I'm working at a med spa. It's where I work now in town. It's Amara med spa. I'm working with nearly everyone I worked with was either pregnant or had just had a baby. Mm -hmm. And so I had this, it felt like fountain of (laughs) unlimited stories to hear. So I was pestering everyone to tell me every detail about their birth because I was eating it up. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was Mm -hmm. the neatest thing ever. And some of them 
had one of them had their baby at home and the other one, uh, you know, did it without an epidural and the other one had both her babies with an epidural and the other one was a C-section mom. And I'm Mm -hmm. hearing all of these stories and eating it up. Mm -hmm. I was just in heaven. I was like, I loved hearing about it. And it made me start to go, okay, maybe I need to be a doula. So I called Trish and I said, or texted, I don't know. And I said, can I come to your childbirth class, your Bradley method class? Because I need to know more. I need to know what the deal is with birth. She said, are you pregnant? I said, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And I will not be pregnant for much, 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 much longer. (laughs) We're laughing because we know how the story ends. Two weeks later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) About two weeks later, a few days before the class starts, I call her back, text her in a panic. And I'm like, I actually am pregnant. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, you guys need to understand that the frame of mind that I was in, this was a major, um, how do I say this nicely? This was not okay with me. Mm-mm. I was not ready to be pregnant. I was not ready to have a kid. I didn't want to have any kids ever, probably. And so it was like a really scary, hard time. But I'm really grateful that I had you and that I had already signed up for your class because I took your class probably early in pregnancy. Yeah, earlier than most people ever do. Like all the women in my class were showing and I didn't show even till the very end of the class was over. And then, yeah. So, yeah, I called Trish in a panic. I actually am pregnant. As it turns out, I was pregnant the whole time and I didn't know so <laughs> no wonder your instincts were like, you need to learn yes. more about this, Morgan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that gut feeling was like, yeah. wrap your mind around this. Yeah. Because so this is in your listen future. To all the stories. Yeah. Gosh. Um, and so I went to the childbirth class and just, I mean, I was already down this road of falling in love with birth. And so it really um, put some more wood on the fire that was mm-hmm. burning underneath me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Tyler and I, we didn't, I had been seeing, um, an OB in town and I had not only were we like, no, please, we didn't want to have any kids. (laughs) Then also we had a scary ultrasound and we got sent to maternal fetal medicine Mm -hmm. and we were considered high risk for a little bit and it was super scary. And we had all these, I mean, we were told that there's a chance that our baby wouldn't even survive into being born. And then we were told maybe he will, but he might have down syndrome and then maybe he will, but all of these things to then in the end, um, nothing was wrong and everything was fine. And we have this perfect, healthy baby boy. Mm -hmm. Um, so as soon as we kind of got cleared from, Oh, actually you're not high risk anymore. We were like, we're out of here. We are out of here. See ya. We're not having this baby in the hospital. Also, we don't have insurance. So we're poor and Mm -hmm. we would rather, especially because I'm healthy and know about birth and know about unmedicated birth and know about home birth because I've done my research and Mm -hmm. I've learned all this stuff. And we were like, well, should we do it? Should we just have this baby at home? It was pretty easy decision for both of us Mm -hmm. because of everything. Um, how tell us about Tyler and how he felt about Tyler's her husband, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like when you said, you know what, 
I'm really interested in birth and I think that I just want to do a home birth. Um, I'm trying to remember how that conversation went. Yeah. It's just a hot topic lately. Well, it always has been. (laughs) Yeah. It always has been in my career, but recently just so much more. Yeah. I don't don't know why. Maybe I'm just putting more attention to it. You know, Tyler is a different kind Mm -hmm. than most men. He's Mm -hmm. a little bit different. When I first brought it up, he, he was kind of like, okay, if that's what you want to do, it's your thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and also he, I think he had already been mulling it over in his own mind because as soon as I brought it up, like maybe you should have the baby at home. He was kind of like, yeah, maybe here's some, and cause we'd already been halfway through your class. Right. Yeah. And so he'd already had it on his mind, I think too. Mm-hmm. So when I brought it up, he was kind of like, well, yeah, maybe that is a good decision because we don't have insurance because mm-hmm. we have all the resources to make it go well, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, his biggest reservation and mine was that we did not have a home. Oh yeah. I forgot (laughs) about that. (laughs) We were, we had a really difficult living arrangement at the time. Mm -hmm. We lived in a bed room and I'm saying it that way because it was only just big enough to fit our queen bed and about a foot of walking room around the bed yeah. And, um, we were in the process of trying to find somewhere else to live. So that was our big thing. If we can find somewhere else to live, then we should have it at home. And if we can't, then we'll definitely consider the birth suite in town. Mm-hmm. Or is that what it's called? The birth center. The birth but center. Yeah, it is. It's a birth center, but it's called the, the birth suite because Technically, they can't call it a birth center because of okay. legalities. Which is confusing because you it's also very, have the birth suite at the hospital. Yes, the Simply Birth Suite the Simply birth. is <laughs> at the hospital, which there's two rooms there that are considered that. So people get those mixed up a lot, but yeah. they are very, very different. Yes, <laughs> very different. So we were considering to have the baby at the birth center if we didn't have a home mm-hmm. yet. And then mm-hmm. it all worked out. It all worked out. We had, we were really busting our butts to find somewhere to live. And then a different place like came to us on a silver platter is mm-hmm. not something that we had looked into and it was the perfect situation. And we got into the house. Let's see. I was at least in my beginning of third trimester when we moved in. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe not quite, but still. And then we, yeah, we had the baby at home. Yeah. And it was awesome the most beautiful thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that then I later took Trisha's doula training class, um, so that I could be a doula and now I'm doing this with you. Mm-hmm. And that's most of the background story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Are you interested in telling your birth story at all? Or is there not enough time today, Morgan? I I could tell a little bit about it. I don't want to I don't want to dig too much into it just because I don't know. It, it was a good story, but it was also pretty cut and dry. Very Well, I know, and that's why I'm saying like I think it would be beneficial for everyone to understand like yeah, you already chose a home birth because of mostly financial reasons, but <laughs> yeah. that's not a good reason to have a home birth. No, so, it's that we had all the other things yeah. ready too. I had yeah. a doula literally in my back pocket like yeah someone that I'm very close to Mm -hmm. 
I knew that you were going to be at my birth. I knew that because you were so embedded in the community that I could have every ideal thing. Right. I knew that my body was healthy and I am someone, I'm like a glutton for knowledge. Right. I love to study things mm-hmm. that I love to learn about. Mm-hmm. So I had already learned a ton about birth. I had learned that you can have, this is so silly to say a pain-free birth, right? It's kind of silly. It's not silly to those who know, but to those who don't know, that sounds very, very silly. It sounds very dumb. Yeah. Like you're lying. Like you're so dumb. But basically the the gist of pain-free birth is that you can wrap your mind around the fact that the sensations that you'll be feeling, you can call them different things. You can call them pressure. And then when you're feeling that pressure, yeah, it's freaking intense, Mm -hmm. but it has a purpose and Mm -hmm. you can call it a different name than pain. And then your brain can understand it and interpret it different. So you, in your mind, you don't think, oh, this is so painful. I'm in so much pain. No. In your mind, you're like, whoo-wee, this pressure is getting my baby here. Mm-hmm. And then you don't feel, you don't think that you feel pain because your brain is telling you that you're feeling something else. Right. I'd learned all about that. I'd learned all about the risks. I had listened to, I binged an entire podcast series on home birth. I had mm-hmm. done every research to know that this is what I wanted to do and that I was powerful and that I could do it. And that in the case of transfer, it would most likely be because I got tired mm-hmm. and that that would be okay. Mm-hmm. That a transfer is possible in, and I also lived like, Oh, I don't know, five minutes from the hospital. Mm-hmm. All of these things made me feel really comfortable going forward with a home birth. I had not been telling very many people that that's what I was going to do because I didn't want them to tell me that I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I knew what I knew and I didn't want to hear the naysayers. I just didn't want to. Right. Um, I knew my risks. I was choosing this. Mm -hmm. So my, oh gosh, I had work on Tuesday and, um, I saw all my clients and they're like, oh, you're doing a minute. And I was like, yes, but I have one more day of work. I'm going to work on Thursday and then <laughs> baby can come. So this is December. This is November, November. 30th. What's the last day of November? The 30th. <laughs> I think 30 days. Past that Friday. It was the 31st <laughs> of November. <laughs> and uh, my... Yeah. So I'm, I'm at work. I'm like, Nope, I have to work on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to make a lot of money that day Ugh. and I pregnant mamas get so many good tips. They really do. <laughs> Especially around Christmas time. Uh huh. Yeah. And this is all working out in my favor. Yeah. I baby. So baby's due date is December 4th. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it is not that big of an ask for me to say, don't come early. Yeah. I'm a first time mom. <laughs> I'm planning in my head to have two more weeks. Right. Because I'm like, I'm going to go to 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. Probably, who mm-hmm. knows? Not a big deal yeah. to ask for a baby to not come one day early, right. three days early. Right. And he did. <laughs> so that night, it's a Tuesday night. I wanted to work on Thursday. I go home. My husband and I are hanging out. Mm-hmm. I'm laying on the love sack. He's playing me music on our surround sound speakers that he had very recently installed. So he was showing off his speakers. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen to this song. Um, and 
we're actually doing a cover of that song soon and so that's gonna oh, be kind of cool. cool but anyways so we're listening to this song i'm on the love sack and i feel what can only be described as it felt like a like a balloon pop in mm-hmm. i can t- like it was on the right side of my belly like i know mm-hmm. exactly where it was yeah. at i feel the sensation of like this pop and i'm like no 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 please no and there's like 10 seconds left in the song i didn't feel any gushing or anything like that but i knew mm-hmm. what it was so i let the song play out i'm laying down on the love sack so because gravity wasn't in my right. favor that's why the it yeah. didn't happen yet so as soon as the song is over, my eyes are probably as big as golf balls. And I look over at Tyler and I'm like, can you help me up? And he <laughs> comes over and helps me up. And I immediately run to the bathroom, pull down my pants and sit right on the toilet. And immediately so much water, like sounds oh like gosh. I'm peeing into the toilet. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he knew too. He's yeah. looking at me. And I think I was just in shock. I'm like shaking. I don't know what to do. I'm looking at him like, no, please, this can't be it. (laughs) No, I was excited, but I needed to go to work one more time. So it wasn't time yet. I know. But now that I know (laughs) Bo, that's her baby's name. Uh He was like, yo, I want to be a part of this. He is the boss of me. Yeah, I know. That's (laughs) why when he was hearing that song, he was like, you guys, I want to come to the song. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like. let's get out of here yeah let's get out of here it's time he (laughs) yeah so he's the boss Mm -hmm. and um tyler's looking at me and i'm just like oh my gosh like what am i even gonna do like in shock this isn't real this isn't happening right now like Mm -hmm. i can't believe it in my head i still had at least another week probably to go yeah and I don't know. I think that's important to get cozy with the idea of lasting 42 weeks so that you don't get anxious or like Mm -hmm. really sick of being pregnant because it's easy to get sick of being pregnant Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's a different tangent. But I then I called uh, my midwife, Janae Sherman, and I called Trish and I and I called my mom. Mm -hmm. I just let everybody know that my water broke and they were basically all like, okay, well, Awesome. Go get some rest. Let us know when your contractions start. And I call back about 10 minutes later. I'm like, they started. <laughs> they're here. They're regular. Yeah. My contractions are in the building. Yes. And they're like, okay, well, try to go to sleep. And I was like, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> we're like, we're going to go to sleep. Yes. So let us know when we need to come. Yes. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I need my birth team to be rested. Mm-hmm. So I called my, my mom and my sisters and my birth photographer all live in Vegas so they hop in the car and got on the road to come to St. George pretty much right away I think they got into town about oh because I my water broke at like 9 Mm -hmm. p.m. and um they all get there around 1 30 probably in the morning maybe two I had sent Tyler to bed I knew that my midwife and doula were resting Mm -hmm. and I'm just watching new girl on my nice. on my yoga ball bouncing in the family room trying mm-hmm. to just relax as best as I can my mom gets there and up until this point I was having a decently easy time with my contractions and knowing what stage of labor I was in and <laughs> knowing what's to come and my mom gets there and I'm fi- I'm just recently starting to have a little bit of a tricky time talking mm-hmm. through the contractions mm-hmm. I can talk very easily in between them so I'm like Oh, I'm like moving things along. It's Mm -hmm. getting a little bit harder. 
I sent them to go rest. I like went back in my room so that they could lay down on my couch and, and try to sleep a little bit. And I laid down and I'm just uncomfy. Mm -hmm. So I go get in and I'm tracking my um, contractions just to make sure that I just didn't want to stall. And so I went and got in the shower for a little bit. I was only in there about 10 minutes, maybe two to three contractions worth because they're probably five minutes apart at this point. And they started, I, they started to slow down. They were still coming, but I was like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm not, we're not playing this game. I'm not letting my contraction slow down. So I got out of the shower because I love taking a shower. So I got out of the shower, went and laid back in bed and it was about three o'clock or I think it was about three 30 when I woke Tyler up. I was like, I need your help now. Mm -hmm. It's time. And he immediately like wakes up. He's like in go mode. He's like, okay. And I didn't want to call anybody yet because I'm like no they need rest I need my birth team to be rested so <laughs> which awesome. is silly I just knew I I just knew I was okay so then about four o'clock I think it was I told Tyler I'm like okay it's time to call everybody mm-hmm. so he calls Trish and she gets on her way and I think we let Janae know where I was at at least I don't know if I called her yet and then I don't know all of this is now we're getting into the part where I'm like I don't know what happened anymore it's all a blur yeah. <laughs> oh we had the birth tub blown up already Trish gets there she assesses things for a little bit we decide to get in the tub and mm. I knew that Janae had been to a birth the night before so she hadn't <sighs> slept so I had texted her and said I'll let you know when I think it's time which that isn't a typical doula thing to do but because Morgan trusted me mm-hmm. Janae trusts me Janae and I have been to hundreds of births Mm -hmm. together you know we just I she we felt like that was an okay thing to do for us so had I known that was what was going on I would have wanted that too yeah yeah Yeah. so I think that I it was once you got in the water and you started getting really serious about things I thought oh she should probably be on her way so I was just kind of keeping her posted through text and Mm -hmm. then I was like you should come yeah and yeah, because I have no idea how long I labored in the tub for. Yeah. I have no idea. But there was a point. What time was he born? At 8.53 in the morning. Okay. So you were in the tub for probably about three hours for sure. Because I think you got in around, you know, pretty shortly after I got there. Mm-hmm. So probably around six. Yeah. You know, for sure. Or a little bit before. Maybe, maybe five or something. Mm-hmm. It, at one point in the tub... I'm starting, well, I had started to feel the shakes a little bit and Mm -hmm. I started to feel all these things and I'm just getting excited Mm -hmm. because I, I knew the stages of labor and I knew that that meant we're headed into the next thing. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, okay, like Mm -hmm. bring it on. Let's go. Let's get this baby here. Um, and obviously it was hard. I was working through it, but I had like dream team. My husband was a dream. So good. And I don't know. I think he surprised everyone because he's not super affectionate, but he was as affectionate as he's ever been in his entire life when yeah. he was right by my side, never left me. And he knew that I needed him to never leave me. Mm-hmm. He'd like stand up to take his jacket off. I'd like grab his arm. Like, don't you dare walk away. He's like, I oh, know I'm right here. I'm taking my hat off or whatever. Just taking my jacket off. Yes. Sweetie. Yes. <laughs> um, and just telling me like, you know, encouraging words the entire mm-hmm. time. It was amazing. I, have my first inkling of the fetal ejection reflex. So mm-hmm. I feel my own body bear down and I look at church. And I'm like, I'm, I need Janae to be here. Yeah. 
And it was still a little early at that point, but you're no, like, that's she's on her way. Like, she's coming. She's <laughs> coming. I'm texting her like, how far away are you? She's feeling pushy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was still a little while, I think, before. Oh, yeah. But I was feeling pushy and I was like, no, I need now I need my people here. Mm-hmm. And she got there like right after. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And I pushed for maybe a little bit longer than I expected, but it wasn't intense pushing the whole time. It was just my body trying to get him down. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that meant, I thought the fetal ejection reflex meant he's coming out, but he, yeah. it didn't. Mm-mm. And Takes that's, yeah, a while. he yeah. had to wiggle some down and my body mm-hmm. was just helping work him down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did need a little bit of, um, help. I needed some coaching through the pushing at mm-hmm. one point. It's like, I think it, Janae just knew what I needed mm-hmm. and she started taking a little bit more of an active role because before everybody let me be in charge of the labor, which I loved how it should be, how actually. it should be. Yeah. But as soon as I couldn't be in control anymore, mm-hmm. they stepped in. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. I, mm-hmm. I look back on that. It's one of the fondest memories of my entire life mm-hmm. is how everything went so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I've said recently, if I, when I have another kid, if I have another kid, cause that's a conversation we have <laughs> if, or when, what's the answer? Um, don't talk about it too much because I know we know what happens when you start doing research. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, oh shoot. I lost my train of thought. Uh, maybe I would do something differently, but not because anything was wrong mm-hmm. or not because I would choose to change anything from the first time. It was perfect. It was mm-hmm. literally perfect. A dream. But just because I'm like, oh, well, it'd be cool to try something else and just. Yeah. Like s- add a dance party in or something. Exactly. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, Janae took a little bit more of an active role in like coaching me through pushing. And I have no idea how long that lasted because time is warped mm-hmm. in labor. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I should mention that I needed pressure points the entire time. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. So that was <laughs> something. And she was in a very large tub, you guys. So oh my gosh. Her, but her sister and mom were very excited to help. So I'd be like, hey, it's your turn. Come on yeah. over. I'm sure like <laughs> later when I thought about how tired your body must have been. I know you don't care, but no. she's like shrugging it off. I'm like, uh, <laughs> she was doing some very intensive workouts with me. Yeah. Seriously. I get so, so. sore after birth, <laughs> like in weird places. Like, why am I sore there? Oh yeah. And Cause I was leaning over a yeah. bathtub for three hours straight. <laughs> Literally you guys, because all of my, the entire time that I was laboring, it's like not even during contractions. I was like, don't, don't stop pushing on my knees. <laughs> I need you to come back. <laughs> anyways all of this to say that i had a dreamy birth and i'm so lucky Mm -hmm. and i had a dream dream dreamy birth team and i'm so lucky Mm -hmm. and i really have this intense strong desire to let everybody know that that's possible Mm -hmm. that you can come immediately out of your birth experience and not because you're like forgetful not because you forgot how hard it was not because it wasn't hard but you can come immediately out of it and go 
I got to do that again Mm -hmm. because it was amazing and it was cool. Well, tell us why. I mean, I know the answer to this, but tell us why it felt so cool. Mm. That's your. My endorphins. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any. I didn't have any medication that blocked my body from doing its job Mm -hmm. or prevented my body from doing its job. Um, so I had all my endorphins and they were just, I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't say that I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Now, if Tyler was here, he'd give me a look. Right. And if he was here, you could hear the look. over this podcast because he'll be like, really? Husbands yes, you are. always have. They don't believe you because yeah, they see how hard you're working through things. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, truly in the middle of it, you could have asked me, are you in pain? And I would have been like, nope, it's Mm-mm. pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I felt like I felt on top of the world. I felt like there is nothing that I cannot do. Right. I am capable of anything. Right. Immediately, I felt that after my birth because Mm -hmm. I had done the coolest, hardest thing that anybody could ever do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I felt anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, I still to this day, I'm like, no, you don't understand. I feed my baby with my body. (laughs) Right. Like I am a superhero. I am capable of anything that I want to do. It's made me feel like a million bucks. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I'm so powerful. Right. And I want everybody to feel that. I want everybody to feel how powerful they are. And if they want to, and everybody can do what they want. Everybody can have the birth experience that they want. So if their dream birth experience is not the same as mine, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But they should feel powerful. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Right. So I knew that I needed to be a doula. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... I just have a question because most first time moms that come to me and say that they're going to do a home birth, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow, okay, (laughs) tell me why. Yeah. Because, you know, it's usually something that comes later in your birth stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess I meet more and more all the time, but so my question is, Morgan, yeah, you were, you were enthralled with it when you were 19, you had questions about it. Um, you were hearing birth stories from your coworkers, you know, like, oh, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. But tell us how you kind of conquered the the fear of entering into a home birth experience when you've never had any personal experience with it. Because most first time moms, their mom home birthed or mm-hmm. their husband's mom home birthed or their mom's a midwife mm-hmm. or, <laughs> you know, like. They or their grew, best friend. Yeah, yeah. They grew up uh, surrounded by home birth talk or na- at least natural birth talk. Yeah. You know, and you had none of that. No. Yeah. Um, How did I get over it? Studying. Mm-hmm. And that's me. Okay. Right? Like yeah. my antidote to fear is, is knowledge. I love that. And not everybody feels that way. I've Mm -hmm. learned. I used to be pretty prideful and be like, well, you need to just learn more if you are scared or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I've come farther now to be like, okay, that's what works for me. And that's not necessarily what works for everyone. So I guess the first thing is that I know my antidote to Mm -hmm. fear. Some, for some people it might be meditation or for some people, and I love meditation. Don't get me wrong. But for me, the antidote is knowledge. Okay. And I studied, I learned everything I possibly could. And I knew 
the risks. I knew that I was safe. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was possible and I knew that it was going to be really cool. I could just tell, I could just feel it. It just called to me Mm -hmm. to do a home birth. And so any fear that I had of what if I can't, what if I need an epidural? What if I, I had all the answers. I knew the answers. What if something goes wrong? Okay. We go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. What if something goes wrong very quickly? The midwife's there the whole time, Mm -hmm. the whole time. She's going to catch something quicker than they might be able to in a hospital Mm -hmm. and we're going to get there Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And we're going to call on the way. Like I knew how a transfer goes. I know that you can let them know that you're on your way. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I just knew the answer to all the what ifs Mm -hmm. and it made me feel very confident and very comfortable. I don't know why I wanted so bad to do a home birth. It just, like I said, it called to me. Mm -hmm. It was something that I learned about and thought I need that. I want that. That's the experience that I want. And I'm the boss. Cool. (laughs) I love that. So tell me one last question. How does it feel to be able to change this generational pattern that has been set in your family's life? Ooh, um, it feels really great and it feels like a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I have grown up um, with lots of younger cousins and younger siblings and I have been a fake big sister to all my younger siblings' friends and I have been just kind of the big sister figure to tons and tons of people and even that alone feels always like a lot of responsibility and sometimes I am bitter about it because mm-hmm. whatever right um and so to to know that I was doing something different and kind of breaking out of the mold and to know that some of the people around me were um had reservations about it and everything so it just felt like I had this big responsibility to show everyone that it is okay. Cause I knew, and I knew that the only way that some people are going to learn that is to see it firsthand. It's what right. I wanted anyway. So it wasn't right. a big deal to, to add the responsibility on top of it, but mm-hmm. that it feels right. like a lot of responsibility. I also, I mean, I have lots of younger women reaching out to me now to be like, to learn about it. They mm-hmm. want to know about it. They, it's so funny. I have lots of lots and lots of potential clients because <laughs> all my friends are like, I want you to be my doula. I want you to be my doula. But mm-hmm. also when I say all my friends, I'm including my 19 year old sister's right. friends right. that are my friends. Mm-hmm. So just lots of younger women um, that, that ask me things now and are looking at me even more than they were before. And it's really um, a responsibility that I don't take lightly, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, it's heavy yeah. sometimes. Well, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so brave <laughs> and doing something that, you know, you weren't expected to do. <laughs> and now here you are as someone to, you know, look to for advice. And, you know, if you would have had the same story as that woman that you ran into at that football game, you know, like... Of course, you would have been just fine. You would have had your baby. Everything would have been fine. But what happened in your life is it sent you on a path of wellness and health and understanding and a teacher, (laughs) you know, and and that is a big responsibility. But I just want to say thank you because we need more. Mm. We do. And... And when your next door neighbor is doing it, you're like, oh, maybe I should talk to her, about, <laughs> you know, or your big sister or whatever. So I just want to say thank you. 
well, I'll say thank you right back because <laughs> you've been my example in a lot of ways. And if I didn't have you to turn to, there's no way that I would have gone through with all of these things. So thank you. You're so very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, Morgan, is there anything else that you need our listeners to know about you? Like, tell us yeah. something really cool. Well, I mean, what you just told okay. us is super cool. But. So I, I'm a birth doula. Okay. And I... I mean, being able to be people's birth doula is, has just been absolutely magical. Mm-hmm. I knew that it would be magical, but it's more than you expect. Every mm-hmm. time it's like, every time it's amazing mm-hmm. as if it was the first time. Yeah. Um, and I also am in the early stages of being a fertility doula. Very cool. Yes. Okay. So that is a little bit of uncharted territory, but I'm not the only one out mm-hmm. there. And so I've got some peers to chat with and to talk to and to um, kind of not model my career after them, but to just have an example of what's available to me. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. That's an important part of my career because I the reason that I got pregnant and we were so surprised by it is that I had been given misinformation about birth control Mm -hmm. oh I had been given misinformation about birth control and um it totally changed the trajectory of my life now look at me now I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful that it did right I'm I love I love Bo I love having him around this is not the life that I planned on having Mm -hmm. and it would have been nice to be able to make that decision right now I'm grateful that he's here and I'm grateful that we had this surprise let's not call it anything else because it was but um, it, it did feel like my choices got taken away from me, though, and I don't like that so much. Right. I don't want that anybody else to go through that. And then learning about birth control and learning that, guess what? You can avoid pregnancy as effectively um, by just tracking your cycle in these certain ways. Like mm-hmm. there's you have to do it yeah. and you have to do a couple different parts of it. But guess what? You maybe don't even need to be on birth control and you can as effectively avoid pregnancy. And that kind of lit or added kindling to my fire. And so learning that and being like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. And when I went to my doctors and said, like, I'll spare everybody the details of the how the pregnancy happened. But when I went to my doctors and said, I got pregnant on my period. What the heck happened? That's Mm -hmm. not supposed to happen. And they just were kind of like, I I don't know. I have no idea. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I was just barely on birth control. And then I immediately got pregnant during my period. Like that makes no sense. And I think they thought I was lying maybe. And, and I wasn't. And when I told my midwife what happened, she was like, oh, well it wasn't a period. It was called breakthrough bleeding and you can ovulate through breakthrough bleeding. And I was like, oh, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And nobody ever knew. Nobody ever told me until I found my midwife. So then I'm like passionate about birth control. Mm -hmm. Like at least everybody should know their options and that one of their options is not doing, not doing birth control. And then I learn about like cycle tracking and how living by your period can be magical and it can improve your health and in so many different ways and um you know eating certain things at certain times of your menstrual cycle is game changer it's life changing and knowing about your menstrual cycle is game changing and it's life changing and I am just like 
I need to take a chill pill real quick and take some deep breaths because I could get really worked <laughs> up over this. It's important. And yeah. I want women to know that you are powerful enough to understand your body and then you don't need, well, we can use the help of doctors, mm -hmm. but at, before you understand your body, you think that you need the help of doctors to not right. get pregnant. You need to be on birth control. Guess mm -hmm. what? No, you don't. Really quick, we're going to jump into a live ad for Funkit Wellness. And that is because it's relevant to this. Um, with the fertility stuff that I am passionate about, seed cycling is one of the easiest things that you can do to help balance your hormones and help regulate your hormones. And you don't have to use Funkit Wellness to seed cycle, right? You can go buy your seeds at the grocery store, but Funkit Wellness makes it so easy. So simple. Their seeds are ground up when you use them. Mm. So when you go to like put them in your yogurt or your smoothie or your literally anything, your body can absorb that nutrients better because you're not breaking down the seeds. Um, and then also like, hey, you can be on a subscription. So it comes to you every single month. And hey, they have these things called cycle bites where it's like a little snack. You can pop it in your mouth. If you don't want to have a smoothie, just mm -hmm. go ahead and eat your little like protein ball shaped mm -hmm seeds or if you are struggling with things about menopause like you're having hot flashes they have a product for you if you have a really low libido or something like that they have a product for you and what i love about all these products is that they are seeds <laughs> they are seeds you yeah. can go buy them at the grocery store you can buy them from funko wellness and you should because they're amazing and we have a code for you to use for 20 percent off birth village okay guys <laughs> but um yeah, I just think that seed cycling is amazing. And I think that everybody needs to know about Funkit Wellness because their company is amazing. And uh, go go balance your own hormones instead yes. of trying to take a drug that's not going to work for you. <laughs> yes, do the research, ladies, mm -hmm. and know that your body knows what it needs. Yeah. And you do not need chemicals to fix it. Mm -hmm. So fix it yourself. Fix it yourself with Funkit Wellness and yes. use code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off. Okay, we have to talk about Tubby Todd's Everyday Lotion. I got some in the mail and I got the scent Lavender and Rosemary. And then I'm going to read on the bottle. It says natural avocado, mango, and cucumber extracts. I have never smelled a lotion that smells so good. I might be exaggerating. I no, have never smelled a natural lotion that has natural fragrance that smells so good. So fragrance can hold a lot of endocrine disruptors. It can cause a lot of issues. People have allergies to it, blah, blah, blah. Um, Tubby Todd doesn't have any of this in any of their products. So I've been ranting and raving about their um, all over ointment. But this everyday lotion with lavender and rosemary blew my socks off mm -hmm. i'm obsessed with it i made trisha smell it i brought her some yes tell them how it, good it smells it's so fresh and clean and the way it fills in your hands is just you know there's some lotions that you put on and you're like this isn't good yes <laughs> this isn't <laughs> Immediately, good what have i done it might smell good but it it's not good mm -hmm. and you can your body knows if it's good or not mm -hmm. they also have a wash that's the scent too that yes is very very nice yes so. So it yeah. came, I ordered it for my baby. It has become my lotion because mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's going to become mine too, Morgan. So anyways, yeah. go check out Tubby Todd. If you guys are going to shop with Tubby Todd, you can shop through our link and get 10% off. 
Um, we don't have a discount code, but if you click on our link to shop and then check out through that link and whatever, you can get that discount, our birth village discount and, um, try out Tubby Todd. It's amazing. Yay. So Morgan, are you trying to tell us that <laughs> if we understood our bodies, that we are actually the ones in control? Absolutely and, are. And not a pill. What a crazy thing. Oh, thank you. And these pills, they're making women crazy. They're mm -hmm. messing with your hormones. And sometimes they're preventing you from being able to get pregnant once you get off of them. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. When you want That's to be issue. pregnant. That's an issue. Right. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who don't necessarily understand how ovulation works. So when they're trying to get pregnant, they can't because they don't know how. Right. And then there are people who have some health issues with their hormones or whatever. They don't have regular periods and they would like to get pregnant, but they can't because they have an irregular cycle. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are where the fertility doula comes in. Mm -hmm. And the same way that a birth doula supports you mentally, emotionally, physically, informationally during labor, a fertility doula would support you in all those same ways, mentally, emotionally, physically, physically. Mm -hmm while you're trying to get pregnant. Okay. So this is when you are 13 and you barely mm -hmm. get your period, you can come and we can have a session and we can talk about what that means for you and how you can handle it and how it's not gross and it's not embarrassing and it's mm -hmm. not weird. And you don't need to shove your tampon up your sleeve and waddle to the bathroom because you're embarrassed. Right. Like there are so many different ways yeah. to understand this. And I feel pretty much equally as passionate about that part of life as I do about birth. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to have both. I needed to be a fertility doula and I needed to be a birth doula because I'm, I, oh, I could fall over. I'm so passionate about both yeah. of them. It's so amazing that, um, as women, we need to realize we have all of the power within ourselves. Yes, It's just about finding it. Yes. And we don't need a doctor to tell us because nine times out of 10, they're not correct. And, <laughs> Unfortunately. And they think that the cure all is putting someone on birth control, which yeah, it might make their period regular, but like we just heard, that's actually not a period. Yeah. So it's just your body bleeding. <laughs> and that's why I was on birth control, by the way, mm -hmm. I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I had struggled with that for years and years. And the only fix that I knew of Granted, I hadn't looked into it very much on my own mm -hmm. because my doctors told me and I trusted them that I needed to be on birth control and that was going to regulate my period. How can it regulate your period if you don't have one? That doesn't it's make any sense. It's not regulating your cycle. It's only making your body believe something, but it's not true. It's not actually happening. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really unfortunate what we have been told. And really... Our next episode is going to be all about the history of childbirth in mm -hmm. America. And this is a huge part of it. Ginormous. It's, it's a huge part because women did not recognize or understand that they didn't know anything about their body. Right. So they, they thought that they need to go to someone that actually did. But ladies or gentlemen, whoever's <laughs> listening to us rant right now, we are the only ones who know about our body. Yep. They You're are, with your body every single day. Exactly. The doctor's with they your body expert. once in a while. Right. They're only making a very educated guess on what they think's going on, but usually it's just not right. And, the, and it is very educated, but they cannot 
understand the nuances of your body mm-hmm. like you can mm-hmm. if you will inform yourself and step into your power right. it feels so amazing i could shout it from the rooftops when you feel empowered you're unstoppable yes so Agreed. rise up ladies let's yep. go let's do this step into your power <laughs> find it thank you for stepping into yours morgan <laughs> of course because it is so beautiful to watch thank so, you you're so welcome Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess with that, that's that's me. Okay. We can wrap things up. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I think that's it. Well, I think it was about time all of our listeners learned. Oh, I do have one more okay. thing to say. <laughs> Here's what it is. Okay. Everybody, so I, every time, it seems like every time someone hears my story, um, they want to know, the question that I most often get is, so how do you like being a mother? Oh, right. <laughs> I didn't want to be a mother. I had other plans. I wanted to be a career gal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody always wants to know mm-hmm. how I enjoy motherhood. And here's the answer. I don't. <laughs> is that crazy to say? Listen, no. my kid, the coolest kid I've ever met. The I adore coolest. him. I yes. love him. I love spending time with him. I miss him when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Do I like being a mother? No, I do not. Am I good at it? Sure. I put every ounce of effort that I can into Agreed. being a mother. Yes. Um, do I like it? That's such a weird question. Mm-hmm. Does anybody like being a slave to a small, tiny tyrant? No. Thank <laughs> you for being honest. Seriously. Because all of this hashtag mom guilt that women oh. feel like they have to be a certain thing, show up a certain way, teach your child a certain thing because they saw someone else do it or whatever. Mm -mm. Especially these days, I say this to my daughter-in-law so much. I am so glad that I raised my kids without Instagram Mm. because the pressure that Instagram puts on these young moms is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's, it's fake. We Mm -hmm. do not need this pressure. And ladies, if you're listening, if there's ever anyone that while you're scrolling, that makes you feel bad about the way you look, the way you mother, the way you birth, delete that account. Delete it. You do not need to see that. Hey, if they're your best friend, go ahead and mute it. Then you don't have to see it, but they didn't know you unfollowed them. Okay. Like there are options. Don't make yourself feel bad. No, you are everything. You are enough. You're doing everything perfectly right. And thank you, Morgan, for shining light on that truth that being a mom is hard af yes okay it's hard work and this light needs to be shown that it you don't have to love it and some people do but i don't you can love your child but you do not have to love being a slave to a small person yeah (laughs) so anyways i felt like all i felt like i should tell that because that's the most common question i get when i do share Mm -hmm. my story Mm -hmm. so if anybody out there that's listening was wondering how i like motherhood it's hard and sucks (laughs) but my kid is really 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 cool yes so yes okay (laughs) thank you (laughs) again thank you oh yeah (laughs) wow so again thanks everyone for listening thank you morgan for all that you do for this podcast and signing off Empowered women, empower women.